You're listening to the After The Show Movie Podcast from ascully.com. You can find this podcast on the iTunes Music Store, Google Play, YouTube, Voice Assistance, just say listen to After The Show Movie Podcast, and you can also find us on ascully.com where we post written reviews. With that out of the way, here are your hosts, Ascully and Sitok. Welcome, welcome, everybody. Welcome, Sit Talk. Welcome uh, to me also. Well, to what? Welcome to me also. Yes. Welcome. Welcome to everyone. Welcome to all. Welcome to Kevin Costner. What are you welcoming them to, actually? Because, I mean, they're in their own car, bedroom, office, You and they're not here, and it's not now when they're listening. So what are you welcoming them to? Just the pure enjoyment and privilege of listening to our voices? I'm just being polite. Oh, <laughs> I'm reading too much into it. Yes. Fair enough. So what should be for the after the show discussion? What were you, you discussing? Um, I'm playing City Skylines and you were testing the popular, no, the proper modulation there, making my mouth popping noise into something funny. There wasn't really that much going on. <laughs> Sounds like there was a lot of stuff going on. <laughs> just that. <laughs> That's all. All right, so welcome everybody to After the Show. This is our podcast. We review a movie every week. We are on our 669th episode. That Yeesh. means we've reviewed at least 669 movies. At least. We're, uh, it is Saturday, January the 30th, 2021. The movie Man, this, where's this year gone? It's halfway over. People uh, say that stuff Can you time. do math? <laughs> it is one twelfth of the way over. <laughs> All right. It is the movie we're looking at this week is called Let Him Go. It's a 2020 release and it comes out on Blu-ray this Tuesday, February the 2nd. You can also watch it on the streaming services. It's um, I've noticed it on Voodoo. So if you want to watch it right away, you can watch it there. It's rated R for violence. Does have some violence. That was the only thing in the entire little box that it shows you ahead of time. Just violence. No, yeah. nothing else. It's uh, from our friends at Universal, who sent us a copy of the Blu-ray for review. So you can pick up the Blu-ray on Tuesday also. So uh, give us the synopsis of Let Him Go, and then I'll give you the real one off the box. Sit well, talk. really, it's just a man and a woman doing anything they can to protect what's left of their family, which happens to be their grandson. All and right. There's, uh, it's kind of old school. I'll tell you what it says on the back. It says, following the loss of their son, retired sheriff... George Blackledge, and his wife, Margaret, leave their Montana ranch to rescue their young grandson from a dangerous family living off the grid. They soon discover that the Weeboy family has no intention of letting the child go, forcing George and Margaret to fight for their family. Goodness, there's a lot there, but yeah, that overly sums up what I said. It also, does. off the grid... There's nothing about them being off the grid. I mean, they live in a remote area, but I, did, I didn't see that, that they were off the grid. That seems kind of silly. Yeah. I mean, they had electricity, didn't they? Looked like it. Yeah. We didn't emphasize that they were on a generator and had solar panels and all that kind of stuff. I mean, also, this was this did take place in... Uh, they wouldn't have had solar panels, because this took place wasn't in... <laughs> I'm not going to say everyone was off the grid in 1964, but... Yeah. <laughs> you know? 
All right, so there may be spoilers. Well, that's a period piece, by the way. Set we just in a different time, part. different time period. There may be spoilers in this review, so just bear in mind if you want to suck it up, see get the over movie it. First. Is that what you're saying? You're just gonna be rude and say, "Get over it, everybody." Get well, over I suggest it. go and see this movie first, and then mm. come back and listen to us because it's worth your watch. <laughs> so, um, Sitar, what did you think of "Let Him Go"? I liked it. The end. <laughs> Thank you very much, everybody. <laughs> I think it was just beautiful, and performances are fantastic. I like the idea. It's not new or anything. You know, a family figuring out that this other family is just freaking horrible, and you do not want your grandson being raised up by him, and you just decide, screw it. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? We're going down with the ship here, and we're doing whatever we can to get our boy back, and I, I kind of dig those stories. You like a good revenge. Well, it's not really revenge. It's not revenge. Well, it's kind of like... Um, it's not really revenge so much as just that... He said it's a gen... What's it called? Uh, he called it something. Yeah, a it was... genre well, bender. But it's not a genre bender. It's not revenge. It's just not... It's just... It's just kind of family. like, you know, some some horrible people and getting into danger. Area. Spoiler, it's Armageddon without the asteroid. Um, we've, what happens if you've never seen Armageddon? Go watch it. Then you'll be spo- <laughs> it'll be spoiled for you then. Mm. <laughs> Actually, yeah. Um, so, what I liked about this movie is, uh, well, I said to you, it's reminded me of a Clint Eastwood movie quite a lot. That not not a movie style that, of it. Yeah, not a movie that stars Clint Eastwood, but more a movie that he would make. Like, mm-hmm. it's got a style to it that is... Um, it's not overly artsy. It's pretty, like, it's straight up, like, this is, these are the shots. And, I mean, it does have some artsy kind of lighting, I guess, this one, doesn't it? Like, it's kind of... Yeah, over the years we've learned, the reason we're saying this is because Clint Eastwood, as a director, is very, as they say, economical. And so he cuts to, he just, you line up the shot, you do it, you tell the story, no fancy stuff, and move on. And that's yeah. what this feels like, even though it is beautiful. It's gorgeous. The sets are gorgeous and super detailed. The um, locations are very good. Yeah, it's gorgeous. But it also has this, um, like, yeah, there's no, we're not going to do anything super fancy. There's no spinning cameras. There's mm-hmm. no, you know, like, cool shots. It's just pretty straight up, straightforward. Correct. Forward. Even though there are some, like, when she was on the back of the horse, I really like that shot. Mm-hmm. It's all really, it looks gorgeous. So, yeah. <clears throat> What so what I liked about it was it gave me the feeling of like a Clint Eastwood directed movie. Um, if you hadn't, if you hadn't, you know, sat me in front of it and I had to guess at the end who directed it, I would have said Clint Eastwood, but it's not. Oh, you would have been wrong. <laughs> yeah, I would have been very wrong in that trivia quiz. But um, <laughs> I liked how it was. It's not a complicated story at all, is it? It's nope. not. And I said to you at the beginning, I was like, "Is this like a clever kind of drama? You know, is it?" A, a very serious drama thing. I mean, but it's pretty it, serious. Yeah, but it's kind of a. It kind of gets. Uh, I wouldn't say. I feel like it gets slightly hokey in the last third. A little bit, but like then, it's a bit. Uh, it's a bit. But like, it seemed up. right to me. You know, I don't know why, but it just felt right. I didn't expect kind of the last third. I didn't expect it to be as. 
Red, rain, ratcheted up. Yeah, action ish. Mm-hmm. Like, like it gets, you know, it goes to to a place. I expected it to be more um, methodical and maybe, you know, it goes crazy. Like, like for instance, I won't spoil what happens, but I'll say this to you so you understand what I'm talking about. Yeah. In a hotel room, that scene yeah, in the hotel room—that's pretty whacked. It out. gets pretty whack, wacky and crazy a little bit. And I was like, oh, really? Oh, yeah. You know? It does, but then, you know, I'm not doubting those people's no. behavior. So, so you, And you have to establish that then they don't care. They, yep. they will. You have to establish that these people that you're dealing with need to stop existing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah, that's right. I don't think every life is precious when some crazy whacked out bitch of a woman acts like that woman. No, 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 no. She can go and I just want to see how it's going to happen. And the movie was based on a novel. Um so that's where that time period fits in, but it it would be the same movie regardless of the time period, right? Um, I mean, I think the difference, and I was thinking about this while watching it, was there's no one to communicate with. Um, you can't there, cell phone we, the We're past the point of even people in the town. I'm not going to say every town and every people, so don't get all snotty with me, internet, but... Um, Past a time when a beaten up wife and a family off in the woods who's bullying everybody is just, okay, that's just how it is, right? I mean, there's going to be that pockets, but culturally we're past it. So if you do it now, it's going to stand out so much more. And everyone has a phone and everyone can communicate and it's easier to track people down. Don't forget, we've got a little tracking down of people here, which back in the day... All they could do was go to the courthouse, go to the police stations in the nearby towns and ask around. There was nothing else to do. So that would have totally changed the dynamic. You could, in two seconds, you and I could find somebody. You know yeah, what I mean? True. And so yeah, you had they, to subtract that, I think, to make it seem right. That they go, they basically go on a road trip kind of, mm-hmm. kind of deal. Um, and, th- you know, uh, here's a question for you. Mm-hmm. Maybe you understand this more than I do. Maybe. There's a scene where they go... Is this going to be a rural question, you think, because I'm from the country? I just don't get this part of the movie, but <laughs> um, I don't get... Uh, well, maybe you can explain it better. Okay. There's a scene where they go to a town and they go to visit the sheriff guy and then they say, oh, we're we'll, we'll going to stay overnight in the town and the sheriff lets them sleep in the cells <laughs> of the... <laughs> what's that all about? I mean, that's nice I mean, what what thought. what did that serve in the story? Like, I didn't... I, it just made me feel a bit confused. I was like, why don't they just go to the hotel? It doesn't look very nice in this. I mean, there could be stories where that's what... It sounds a little Mayberry. Like right. you can sleep in the jail cell. So is it just to say, oh, well, they're very friendly here, like the police. And, yeah. yeah. And like he's he's an ex-sheriff. So they're... You know, right. he used to be a sheriff. He's retired. So they're just sort of paying homage to him, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> it was just a part of the plot where I was like... Ooh. It wasn't really part of the plot. It was just one of the things that was happening on their road trip. Yeah. Also, it gave him an extra opportunity to look at the map and show us what kind of distances we're talking about. So he wakes up, he goes to the wall, there's a map of the area. We see it. Instead of seeing one of those old-fashioned maps where they show the little car on a little dotted line, he just basically looks at the map real close and puts his finger where they're going. So you're like, oh, that's how far they have to go. So I was just overthinking the... um, Yeah. Making, letting them stay in a jail cell. Totally overthinking it. Because I was like... You can sleep in a jail cell, or you could go to the hotel over there. I'd like, rather sleep in the jail cell. Uh, That's free. Oh, yeah, I guess there's that. 
<laughs> I mean, jeez. All right, so, yeah, this these two, they go hunting down this family, basically. Explain. We didn't explain the part at the beginning. Well, there. the premise is the son marries a girl. They have a baby. Son dies. Woman marries the, the mother of the grandson marries another guy. The grandma sees that he's a jerk. And then all of a sudden they disappear. And they're... He's from a family that's a little questionable. And so then they decide to go on the road because they haven't heard from the child who's three years old now and find their grandson because they feel she feels he's in danger. And she's right. She's very right. Yeah. And uh, they go and uh, what happens? It's like a rescue. <laughs> we won't say what happens. It's like a rescue mission-ish. Yeah, it is. But with some... See, I think what makes it work, actually, is the lead characters played by Diane Lane and Kevin Costner. Um They've got a very realistic... They feel realistic to me. Kevin Costner, yeah, the totally. way... He, Kevin Costner really downplays everything. Like, he... Yeah. He, you know, at the age he is, like, in the age this character is, even, and what he's... You know, he's been he's been a sheriff, and he's probably seen everything, and he's at the age where they've retired, and he loves his wife. Sounds like his wife is a bit of a challenge. A bit of a challenge. And there's also, you know, a hint that he has a drinking thing. And yep, hinted at I love that they just barely touch that. Yeah, it's just like you explore their relationship and then you go, oh, so that, that might be a thing. Exactly. And, you know, you just have to pick up on these little clues. I love that. They, I yeah, they, that don't, really good. they don't hit you on the head with any of that stuff. And he plays it really like down on the down low, and I really liked that because she's, she's a bit of a firecracker, isn't she? She's mm-hmm. really opinionated. She's... He even says, like, you know... Would you say she's a test of a man? Kind of. Remember you saying that to me when you first met me? Yes. That it, you seem... I seem like I'm a test of a man. You are. You got that right, mother trucker. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, why not? Why not be, like, who you are fully and not some, like, doormat, right? Because that's what we're alluding to here is that... And that's why you really like this character. I did really... I mean, I like Diane Lane anyway. Yeah, but, but um, you, you also liked how she was, I could tell. Yeah, because she kind of reminds me of my mother. Right. My mother doesn't take any shit from anybody. But, and I liked how... What but my really- mom will smile at you and say something to you, like, in a way where you're like, damn, she just, she's digging at me, but she's smiling at me. She's messing with my head. <laughs> right. And the way her husband, Kevin Costner, plays it is he knows exactly who she is. And he knows how far she will go. And he knows he can't stop her. Correct. There is no he- getting away from this woman's goal. And he either goes along with her or... She She's goes on in, her own, yeah. She'll just do it anyway. Like, like that one time when she got out of the car and she was like... Correct. I'm, you know, I'll just get a bus. <laughs> I'm still going, like, no matter what you say or do. Like, and he knows that. Because basically she's put up with his shit. And that's just hinted at as well. Yeah. That him drinking and him saying to her, I don't want to lecture. And her yep. rolling her eyes. And that tells you that she has loved him through that. And he's loved her through her deal. And that we're at even footing now. We have a dead son and a grandson in danger. And I'm going to get him. And whether you want to admit it or not, you want to do it. Don't act like I'm the one making you do this, right? That was kind of the vibe I got. Because he really would have done it, I think. Even yeah. if he knew all the details, he would have done it. Oh, he'd have gone on his own. And Absolutely. Done it. Yeah. Absolutely. But, you know, she's looking at him like, don't pretend like you don't want this happen so i like their their relationship yeah i do too it felt realistic it felt um there's just those subtle cues every now every so mm-hmm. often where you like where, even where he is surprised at one point he goes in the car and he puts his 
um, yep. drink under the... <laughs> puts his drink under the chair and then he pulls out a gun and he's like, what the hell? Why is there a gun? And she's, well, you know, mm-hmm. I, I didn't, if you weren't going to be coming, I needed to. I need something to protect yeah. myself. So even there's this surprises for him along the way. He's like, whoa, this woman's fucking <laughs> hardcore. <laughs> yeah, she is. <laughs> and what she's dealing with, she really needs to be hardcore because this family that they bump into. They just bump into them. They're nuts. Like they've all got something wrong with them. And that's the thing about the sort of over the top. That's the over the top. That you have to kind of go with the flow is that. And I even said when we saw the house, I'm like, this reminds me of the house from home. The episode from the X-Files. And you're like, or any, you know, the Texas Chainsaw House or just a just a horrible place. But the Fargo comparison is fair because the mother, the wife, the woman in Fargo, you know, Jean. Yeah, very strong. Yes, outspoken. and not taking any crap, and you know, she's not good. She's bad, and I got strong Fargo TV show vibes from this, and there's actually a reason for it, which we'll go into in the cast later. But it's that, isn't it? It's that it's not uncomfortable. By the Fargo people or anything, but no, but it's got that feeling of like, oh god, this is very uncomfortable, and it would probably be best if. Because they get invited in for dinner into yeah. this house. <laughs> Don't go to dinner. And there's there. a dinner scene that is <laughs> uncomfortable, right? It's, it's the worst. You're like, oh, you need to just... Go home. Yeah, don't eat none of these pork Or chops. just kill them all now. I mean, you had two options, right? It's very... <laughs> it's very on your edge of your seat, that part. Mm-hmm. Um, but each one of these family members are... You know, they've all got a, issues, like mummy issues, I would say. Absolutely. The way mummy treats well, everybody. Well, the thing is, and I know people like, I've known people like this in my life. The men are misogynistic pricks because he start the uncle that we meet is immediately like, oh, I know women who roll the whatever, you know, the man just does whatever they say and don't breathe without asking permission. Well, that was my father. My father was a misogynistic kind of a guy. I don't know if he knew that that's what he was, but the deal is, it was like because my grandmother was just, I don't even know if she was down on, this woman in this movie is really horrible, right? And she even insults this other, the strong-headed woman for being, you know, like opinionated or whatever it is, but she's horrible. So she's made her sons basically hate women. But then they are all Unless scared of her. Unless they're yes, yeah, and like, they're scared of her. Scared, so it's yeah. like this really weird combination of things. So they've all got this mummy issue thing. All of them, like because yeah. when she brings them, she treats them like children anyway. Like the boys are coming in. And, oh yeah, it's creepy. Yeah, and that whole scene there is. Um, I was like, at that point, I was like, oh, is this going to go over the top and it's a bit overboard and is it going to get? Like weird Texas Chainsaw Massacre shit, or like <laughs> torturing people and all that. Is it going? I had a moment where I thought that's where it was going, like because of how weird they were. <laughs> but it, fortunately, it isn't that because it's the movie's not presented in that way, is it? It's not, no, not like a horror movie or anything. But they are scary people. Very scary. And uh, especially that hotel room scene. I think that was the because <laughs> I was like, I don't, I actually don't know what they're capable of at that point. Um, um, they seem scary, but they don't do anything. They're just mouthy. But then you realize, oh, no, they're actually terrifying. They're horrible. Don't deal with them. <laughs> um, so, you know, I liked, I liked the movie overall. Um, and I, did you find the ending satisfying? Yes. It was expected and satisfying. 
Yeah. And there's like um like a guy they meet along the way who kind of gets dragged into it. Yeah. Which kind of seems a kind of almost a shame that he gets dragged into it because he's just he's been through shit and he's just yep. trying to deal with like life. <laughs> but then he gets pulled into this a little bit. I know not fully, but um I was wondering what the reason for him in the plot was, but were they saying something about Native American? Well, you had to have somebody there was that. Yeah. Um He's but a you also American. had to have somebody in the moment to pull her out because the daughter in law is not gonna be capable, right? She's a mess, she's been beaten up, she's got the kid, and now she's in the middle of what's going on and she won't leave. Right? right? Diane Lane wouldn't leave. So you had to have someone physically there to pull her out. Also, there's the little hint that now she's found a little bit of a son replacement. Yeah, I you didn't see that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, here's somebody who I can mother. <laughs> I can be a mother I, I actually him. thought that was going to happen. Yeah. Um, it doesn't, you know, it's, I thought, oh, they, they're going to say, why don't you come home with us? But. Well, she kind of did the reverse. She, was she wanted stay to live there with him. him. Yeah. Yeah. And then her husband's like, what a, I don't, we don't, we can't, we're old. We can't live like here. Take with, care of all these people. With this horse that he found. Oh, she also loves horses. That's the, one of the mm-hmm. threads of the movie. Um, so the cast here, Diane Lane plays Margaret Blackledge. Blackledge. What do you feel? Do you really like her? Yep. In this? I really, really, you really feel like, like this I is love gonna... the character. I think she does a great job. This movie's being touted around for awards season. Do you I feel like reasonable. she... Yeah, her and Kevin Costner, I feel. Mm-hmm. It's like a, they really play well off each other. Um, you even said, are these two married? I they're, really, they're th- I actually, <laughs> in my mind, thought they were married. I don't, maybe it's just because I've, se- I've seen them twice in movies as a couple. You didn't even realize. And I'm like, how could you not remember that? I've seen them twice in movies as a couple, and I automatically assume that they're actually yeah. a couple. Tell them who... What else they did if other people are like you and they don't remember? Um, the Kents in uh, Man of Steel. Because Man of Steel wasn't everyone's favorite. It was my favorite. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we got uh, Kevin Costner as George Blackledge. Um, I think he did a fantastic job. I just like that understated. Agree. Okay. Playing. I know he is a man of that age, <laughs> so he's probably. You know, he didn't have to dig really deep to be a man of that age. But the relationship thing was really cool. Like it, it was almost like a lot of the relationship stuff that you get out of this movie wasn't actually written on a page. It was just them. Mm-hmm. Like the way they act and the way they... like. And he wore his shirt and held his hat exactly yeah. the way my grandfather did. He always wore an undershirt and then the white shirts over it and the exact same kind of shirt with the little sort of almost like... um shimmery thread that kind of in the pattern of the white shirt and then you can see that he has an undershirt underneath it with the sleeves buttoned at the bottom and then the way he held his hat was the same and just really so it was Kevin Costner like cowboy-ish does he live on a ranch or something he's a bit not because my grandfather was like a cattle man you know yeah more the Stetson and I mean you at the beginning, when he rode that horse off really fast, that was him. Yeah, well, I was like, not in the distance, it wasn't. But it was him when it just, like, rides past the camera. I was yeah, like, wow. the distance one was definitely Kevin Friend. Um, one thing uh, you noticed about detail in this movie is when they were doing the... Ro- when they first set off on the road trip, how um, Diane Lane brought out a cake <laughs> yes. and a Fermos. Oh, my God. 
It was like being in the car with my grandma. I'm not kidding you. My grandma would have plates. Yep. And food. If and you're cups. going if you're going far now to them, far would have been a couple hour trip. And she would just on her lap, she would take something out of her bag, out of a bag, unwrap it, put it on the little plate, and hand it back to you. And then with the thermos, fill up the little cup and hand it to you to eat. And this lady did that. I was like, oh my God. Yeah, she brought out a full-on cake. It was mm-hmm. like the bake-off. Oh, she was drizzling... Um, oh, yeah. Like... Icing. Icing on top of it. Um, so we've also got Kaylee Carter as Lorna Blackledge. She's the wife. She did a good job. Yeah, she did. Uh, and she's apparently a newcomer uh, from what the director was saying. Mm. But uh, she was good. She was... Um, did you fall over? I heard a thunk over there. Yeah, I fell over. <laughs> she was, um, you know... She had to play it kind of subdued because she was terrified. We never got to see her be happy, which is a bit of a drag. They didn't give they give us like three minutes before boom, we're into the story of I mean, even the opening of the movie was not happy. No, she seemed a bit I mean it was, because they were in the kitchen and singing and then that was it, really. But yeah, we didn't get to see any contrast of her. We've got Jeffrey Donovan as Bill Blackledge. What did you think of Jeffrey? He was creepy as fuck. So that yeah. does good. He did a good job of being like the most unappealing man. Yeah, he was horrible. Oh, and we God. saw him recently in uh, Honest Thief with Liam Neeson. That's he was like seen friendly him. and weird. And I, oh, again, you, we all know people like these characters. Be, people write characters, right? Be, from life. This guy exists in multiple places yeah. in the world. And it's creepy. Bill Weboy is not Bill Blackledge. Wee Boy. Was the Wee last Boy. Thing. Yeah. yeah. And Leslie Manville plays Blanche Weeboy, and she's an absolute awesome witch. Yeah, terrifying. She plays she's this terrifying. Yeah, she's terrifying. <laughs> she's got like, I don't know, the way she looks. The whole thing about her is like horrible, intimidating, and yes, yeah. I think she played it really well. And um, she, if you, I remember Paul Thomas Anderson's movie Phantom Thread. She's also awesome in that, so mm. I think you should check that out. Um, directed by Thomas. Bazucha, who also directed The Family Stone. Do you remember The Family Stone? Mm-hmm. Did you like it? I remember liking it, yes. Um, but like you said, it's kind of of its time. It was Sarah Jessica Parker and Luke Wilson. A little bit of whiny, emo, relationship, family, yeah, fun it was time. A, yeah. there, was a, there was kind of a bunch of that type of movie around that time. Mm-hmm. But I believe we li- we've got a review of it definitely up somewhere. Um, and we, I believe we enjoyed it as a, as a, <laughs> as a unit, as a unit mind, <laughs> as a unit, our brains work just the same with each other. So what happens at this point in the show? What do you mean? What happens next after this part? part? I don't know. I don't follow your little outline. Well, it's up to you. I'll explain it then. We have IMDB reviews. <laughs> um, you can explain the rest. <laughs> Why am I given responsibility? <laughs> I don't like it. Uh, yeah, you read reviews on IMDb. Why and how? <laughs> oh my God, this is involved. You like to make fun of people who write one-star reviews, particularly if they disagree with you. If they agree with you, you're like, yeah, they're right. right. So when you like to make up funny voices for them, which is hilarious. So we like this movie. We're not in the one out of... 10 people. But these people are 1 out of 10 people. These people did not like this movie. And they probably don't like any movie, to be honest. Because they, 
I like how you infer lots of things from their reviews. It's hilarious. This guy says, Let it go, Kevin. That should have been the title. This one hurt my soul. Kevin Costner used to make great movies, but this, it has its moments. But that's where the praise stops. I guess Kevin Costner did his best with what was presented to him. My advice would be to retire. Actually, just retire anyway. It pains me to be so critical of Kevin. Hopefully he can redeem himself and become a household name again. He's still a household name, thank you. And like, what do you... (laughs) I love that people's reviews are written based on their expectation. So their expectation, they've already written the whole movie in their head, and then it's not that, and then they're pissed off. I do not understand that. That's like saying, well, I planned out the entire 50 years and I'm going to be married to you. And every single time you don't live up to the plan that I had in my head, I'm completely disappointed in this marriage. Like, it doesn't make any sense. This guy says, horrible movie. My, oh, this girl says, or female. My husband and I, oh, it might be a man. My husband and I both love Kevin Costner movies. But this one was terrible. No good storyline and a horrible ending. Boo. I think she wants to scare you like it's Halloween at the end. <laughs> uh, this one says, I'm referring or clapping back at the heart-wrenching comments that seem to come at the top. This is an awful film. It misses any level of originality or just something that makes you want to continue watching it. It's just a badly paced thriller that lacks any direction. I don't understand the first part of that. Can you read that again? He's referring to the heart-wrenching comments that seem to come up at the top. People who said it was a heart-wrenching Oh, okay. I'm thinking, what are you talking about? Okay, got it. The great acting that's being thrown around here by people, they just don't know how great acting is. This is Costner's worst film ever. Worst film ever. Hard pass. Well, you watched it already. It's too late. (laughs) Oh, so if you... Okay. So if you didn't really watch it... I get you. This guy says... I'll read it verbatim. Okay. Spends too much time loving itself. Builds up tension, but doesn't delivery. Doesn't delivery. Never doesn't delivery. (laughs) (laughs) Got it. Better check check the tracking number on that one, because it's not going to (laughs) delivery. Oh, man. That's a very 21st century joke you just tried to make right there. Um, (laughs) And finally, this guy says, I mean, come on. What a bad ending. They chose the worst ending possible. It feels like you didn't even watch a movie after it. Very unrealistic. Okay, I'm not going to argue that the ending is, they didn't say this, but I'm going to assume they just meant it's very expected, and it is. It's a bit cartoonish, um, you know. But then I feel like it was right. So there you go. This guy says, finally, predictable, slow, graphic violence. That's it. (laughs) It is slow. It is predictable. And there is graphic violence. That is 100% accurate. So um, the Blu-ray itself does have some extras, believe it or not, in the world of Blu-rays not having any extras recently. This one has... um, the making of Let Him Go, Kevin Costner and Diane Lane, and uh, Lighting the Way, which is about the lighting. Yeah, set, you reckon? Which is very specific. 
So if you like lighting on sets, that's your extra. The extras are very short, like three minutes each, right? Not really much to it. They're good, though. I mean, they, they do what, what they got to do. No commentary, nothing like that. So in conclusion, I'm going to give Let Him Go a 7 out of 10. Okay. I'm going to give it an 8. All right. Because I think it was really solid. I mean... I mean, it's no death of me. (laughs) (laughs) Listen to last week and you'll realize he's making another joke. He's on a roll. It is not another death of me. You are correct. This is definitely a 7 out of 10 for me. I really enjoyed it. But 7 out of 10 isn't as good as you seem to be letting on. Well, I... No. But 7 out of 10 is about what I give it. Because there is some problems, which okay. is, which I said, you know, that that's fair. It's pretty predictable, and it's also a bit too um, over the top at some points for me. For what it is, like, yeah. If it was another type of movie, the over the top parts would be fine. But this movie, kind of the way it presents itself at the beginning, I thought it wasn't going to go as extreme as it did. Okay. Yeah. I catch what you're throwing. All right. That's the new phrase I'm trying to make up. If anyone would like to use it, that'd be great. Like, hey, I catch what you're throwing. Hey, you catch what I'm throwing? So throw that, put that out into the world. It'd be great. <laughs> All right. I take so, full um, credit. So thank you to Universal for letting us review the movie. It's out this week, uh, February the 2nd. You can pick it up. Movie recommendations. I'm going on. Uh, I was looking down Kevin Costner and Diane Lane's uh, list of movies that they've been in. So I'll give you one from each that I recommend. The one with Diane Lane in it is Rumblefish. <laughs> That's I'll an reckon. oldie. It is an oldie, but it's an excellent movie. It was, um, if you're British, you will remember back in the day, probably mid to early 90s, there was a show on BBC Two late at night presented by Alex Cox where he showed movies that were kind of um, controversial or uh, like on a fringe of cinema, you know? And uh, Rumblefish was one of the first I watched on there. Okay. So it kind of has like a some kind of special place. Repo Man was one of them. And this, you know. Right on. The Thing was one of them. When people, when anything or anyone introduces you to the th- to something where you go, whoa. Yeah. This exists in the world? Yes. This taps into something inside of me nothing else ever has it's also you just remember that it's also how thing. i discovered david lynch through that show like i was he, he showed blue velvet one week and i was like holy crap what is this and i've been a david lynch fan my entire life you know <laughs> so i thank you mr alex cox the director of uh, repo man who presented that show and he just showed you a you know, is he still alive? You could thank him on the internet. Yeah, he probably is actually. Um, he would um, show. You know, it could be anything, but it was always something a bit risque in some way. Sure, 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 might, sure. You know, one week it might be RoboCop, another week it's Rumblefish. You know, it was very just some odd movies in there. Um, so, I'm recommending you Rumblefish, and I'm also recommending from my from what I mm-hmm. looked at Kevin Costner's movies, uh, Open Range, which is. Actually, one of my favorite westerns. I catch what you're throwing. It's very good, isn't it, that western? I, th- mm-hmm. I feel like it's underrated in some way. People don't talk about it much. I think it was nominated for awards at the time. It's very, very good. Open range. So, Rumblefish and Open Range. Mine are going to be, as I've described, this year I'm going to recommend movies from the 80s. Yes, all year, because I've seen enough movies to cover more than one year of recommendations. So, we're still in 1980. And 
I'm not a fan of this movie, but I have seen it. It's called The Blues Brothers. And then Herbie's, Herbie's, Herbie Goes Bananas, one of the series of Herbie movies, also from the same year. Interesting, those two movies don't seem to, sometimes movies date or represent the time, right? But those two things don't seem, well, they're both a bit of whack. Okay, I'm taking it back. They're both a bit wacky. So yeah, maybe they're alike. They're definitely both wacky. (laughs) (laughs) Um... So, Ace Scully stuff this week. We watched another episode of Wanda Vision. Wanda Vision, W A N D A, not Wander, W A N D E R. Wanda and Vision, the Wanda and Vision show. Wanda Vision, yes. Um, this week's show was uh, very, very, uh, very awesome. It, it, even, and this time, even I was like, what? It's over? Like, I, I ran out of show before I was ready. Yeah, the sh- it, it is very short. <laughs> Uh, like The Mandalorian, actually, um, another Disney Plus show that sometimes ran 20 to 30 minutes. But then another week, it might be 45 minutes. But these episodes have been, you know, 20 to 30 minutes, haven't they? Um, and you do feel like, oh, it's so good. That's not enough. Yes. Which is a good thing, though, right? That means you're really enjoying it, right? Yeah, totally. Also, it through, it, the, not, not saying anything about the actual plot, but this week's plot, this, the... The way they unraveled things this week was very, very cool. Yeah, very good. Um, so if you're into the um, Marvel movies, because this is part of the MCU, the Marvel Universe, it's a continuation from Avengers Endgame, basically. Uh, this is, you know, it's at the level of those movies. It's not like it's some cheap knockoff. Um, but I don't, I was going to say it's not like a cheap knockoff. Like some people said, the Netflix shows were like Iron Fist, but I don't feel like they were a cheap knockoff either. They were really good. Yeah, like, really good. So, uh, yeah, watch that. It's on Disney+. Plus. Been playing some more Assassin's Creed Valhalla. I was stuck on a really, really difficult boss, but one night I just dug in there and killed it. It was like 30 levels above me. I wasn't supposed to uh, be fighting it just yet, but I kind of went the wrong way down this path and ended up fighting it. So... Because it was 30 levels above me, it was incredibly difficult, and I had to try about 10 times to beat it. And the fight lasted about 20 minutes each time. It was really, really difficult. But eventually I got through it. Yeah, but I cut off the end of my thumb. That's nothing to do with Assassin's Creed. (laughs) I'm just saying, your hard work. Do you want to tell that story? I cut off off a little bit of the end of my thumb. Like, cut off a little bit. About the half of the size of a pea. I was working on my seedling cart, and I'm... You know, re redoing it a little bit. I have a seedling cart that I built. It had computer fans and whatnot. I was removing the computer fans and I was cutting a uh, cable tie with some very sharp <laughs> shears. And my thumb was just right there and it, it clicked real hard, right, through the plastic. That's and I true. felt this weird pinch on the end of my thumb and I was like, oh, crap, I, you know, caught my thumb. And then I looked at it at just the right angle and it actually looks like i'm looking at it now in the silhouette against the computer like a sliver has been cut out of it and it was and it was laying right there on the counter like about the size of a pea half of a pea laying on the counter of my thumb and then it bled like crazy so your pain in assassin's creed i I really feel for you (laughs) all right thank you (laughs) But I'm okay. I'm letting it heal. It's going to be a, uh, like a little bit deformed, which I kind of like. I cut off the end of another finger many years ago. 
It's not deformed. Had to have it sewn back on. So, you know. Yep. Cutting off the end of your finger twice in your life seems <laughs> seems like you're doing something wrong. Yeah, I like to live on the You edge. didn't learn the first time. Well, that was a meat slicer. That was a very different That's situation. True. Sounds like something from a horror movie. I mean, it could have been because it was like, oh. And I looked down. And I was like, that right there. That's, a, oh. And then I looked at my thumb and blood just started dripping down. Um, and, and another game I've been playing this week. Um, is a game uh, from Microsoft. It's on the Game Pass on PC and Xbox, and it's called Medium. Did you see any, me playing any of them? A little Medium? bit. A little bit. The gimmick of Medium is um, you're a lady who's a medium. She's not an extra large or a large. She's just a medium. <laughs> Another uh, joke. <laughs> Dang, you are on a roll. You know, a psychic medium. I gotcha. So um, she is getting to the bottom of what has happened to to this person in the in the game. But the gimmick of the game is and they've said that they've not been able to they've only made this game now because technology wouldn't allow them to make this. I don't really agree with, with that. But hear me out. Now the gimmick of the game is you what it's like an it's like one of the old Resident Evil games, the way it's like um you're walking around and it's fixed camera perspective so you don't move the camera. So you walk into shot, it's kind of cinematic, and it's very kind of disorientating sometimes. Okay. But the the actual thing is, she can see, uh, she's a medium, so she can use her power to see, you know, beyond the grave kind of thing, whatever the other realm is. And when that happens, it splits the screen in two, and there's two versions of her. There's her on one side of the screen in the real world, and there's her on the other side of the screen in the spirit realm. And... Because there's two, it's like having two games playing at the same time, and this is why they said the technology wasn't good enough until this point to actually render two games at the same time. But I don't, I'm not buying that because there's been split screen games forever where you sure. both play on, you know, you play on one side, I play on the other. But how this works is it's, it's it amounts to like you're, you know, you're playing both the characters, but the one in the spirit realm can see things that the other one can't. And it makes for puzzles. So, like, you'll need, like, to get through a door in the real world, but the door's completely locked. But if you look on the spirit world side of the screen, she can actually get through the door using her psychic powers. So then you'd get through the door through with her, and then you'd switch back to the woman in the real world, and the door would be open. So you can use these this split-screen thing as a puzzle. And as far as I've done so far, the puzzles are pretty simple. It's usually like trying to get something open or making like a light panel work by using the psychic lady's electrical powers to make a jumper and then the lights come on in the real world. Okay. As far as I've got, I'm probably an hour in. It's really dull. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah. It's um it's cool. I can see what they were going for, but the actual there is no like um threat at all, like it, as far as I can tell. My favorite can't die or anything, but it makes it feel very unscary. I even put my headphones on to try and, you know, turn it up, get the atmosphere going, you know. But um, I feel like because there is no, there doesn't, you're not fighting anything. It's more like solving these puzzles. It never really makes it scary. They even try a jump scare on you at one point, and it just didn't get me at all. I was like, you yeah, know, I kind of knew when I opened that door, something was going to jump out. 
So that is Medium. Uh, it's available for free on Game Pass if you have Game Pass. Um, so luckily, I didn't waste any money on it. You know what I'm saying? Well, that's harsh. Um, so what's for dinner? What do you want? Uh, look on this outline. I know. It tells you what I want. You need to tell people what you want. Mike's Sarni. <laughs> Not everyone knows what a Sarni uh, is. I want Michael to make me a sandwich. A Sarni is a British word for a sandwich. Yep. And uh, it's not just Mike's, it's Jersey Mike's. And instead of a Whopper, you've decided you want a Jersey Mike veggie sandwich. Jersey Mike's makes, uh, we're not sponsored. The bread is really, no, I wish, Jesus. But they make a really nice um Sub uh, veg, vegetarian sub sandwich. It's mm-hmm. really good, but with, you don't get it Mike's way. Which, if anyone's heard of this place, Mike's way is with some uh, oil and vinaigrette and no um, screw Mike. Don't want and, my, uh, I want my own way. Oregano added. I've had it that way, and it is super delicious. However, and this is me being just snotty, it's a little messy for me, so I don't get it every time. I mean, I it like makes it. your bread kind of soggy, and it tastes amazing though. So. I can't knock it for that, but... No, I just have it my way, and my way involves having honey mustard dressing on it. And mayo? Yes. Yeah? It's very delicious. I love it. <laughs> so that's what so we're So what's your fun. advice? Uh, my advice isn't advice. I'm just telling everyone, like I'm demonstratively telling you something that you have to believe in your life. So be prepared to be indoctrinated into the Sid talk. Your life... Right? The way you live, the way you are, all the every single second of every single day of every single year you've ever been alive, the millions, and yes, there are millions of choices you've made in your life. Millions. Thousands a day even of everything. I'm making choices about how to wave my hand and scoot my phone over there and how loud to talk and how to laugh or not laugh at his jokes, you know, all that stuff. You make millions of decisions in your life. And you've been taught a lot of things, and you've experienced a lot of things. You believe and think, all that stuff, right? Your life, as it is, is not a yardstick for you to measure other people's lives by. It's unreasonable. You might think, well, I've got it figured out. I believe the thing that's right. I think the thing that's right. But you don't know that. Now, I have very, very specific attitudes about certain ideas. I've even said during this movie, these characters that are horrible, I don't need them to exist anymore. In life, if somebody's super horrible, they can go. I don't give a shit. I don't think every person is precious. You know, it's harsh. It is what it is. So I'm not all la-di-da and like kumbaya and shit and like, you know, everybody should just be happy and get along. No, no, no. And the thing is, I don't use that attitude, my perception, to measure... Mr. Ray Scully over here by where he doesn't think that he would not be the one to say, oh, yeah, I should just kill everybody or <laughs> put him in the electric chair and get rid of him. Like you'd be like, yeah, yeah, but, you know, everybody's got a chance to be better. Like, I'm not always like that, <laughs> but I don't judge him or I don't I don't use my life as the yardstick and to say, oh, well, you're not measuring up to me because I'm so fucking great. Right. I'm so Right. Now, I can come off as if I'm right all the time. That's just my that's just my DNA. That's true. If you knew some of the other people in my family, like my father who's now gone, my brother, uh even my sisters really, as nice as they can be, and my mother, they give you the a very distinct impression <laughs> that if you're going to argue with them, 
you're going to find it very difficult, right? So we're just like that. That's in my DNA. Again, part of the choices I make to just go with that. But even if I think a thing or I don't like a thing, or I think something should happen in the world, I do not measure someone else who doesn't think the same thing by me. Cause I'm not that I'm not here to be the standard or whatever you call it. You know what I mean? Like the, what do you get? What do you call it in computing? You know, the test benchmark. I'm not the benchmark to measure everyone by. I'm not the yardstick. I'm not the benchmark. I'm not the litmus test. Nobody is. I don't care what you think you believe you are not the measure of anyone else. And Thank that's you. It. That's it. Just laying down the rules there. All right. <laughs> So you can catch our website, ascully.com, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. You can catch the podcast on Google Play, iTunes, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio. Spotify. Apple Podcasts, all those places. You can email feedback to me at ascully at ascully.com. Don't email Sid Talk. She hates you. I don't hate. Actually, I don't hate anyone. That's the funny part. And stay classy, Mr. Kevin Costner and Mrs. Diane Lane, a lovely married couple in movies together. (laughs) And I'm going to say thank for yourself, because if you don't do it, someone is doing it for you. 